0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode seven of Conversations About America, where we talk about important and relevant topics. My distinguished panel is Michael Landingham, presidential candidate in 2020 and again in 2024, Essence trained podcaster and hostess of Deceptively Unique, and Quentin Ford, host of a great talk show called Let's Talk. Welcome everybody, glad to have you with me as
1: usual.
2: Glad to be here, Steve, and everyone else, Michael Essence.
1: Hi, everybody. I hope everyone had a wonderful week. Yeah,
3: yeah. I hope everybody's doing well. Um, Good evening to everyone who's watching and attending.
0: Well, tonight, as you know, we're going to be talking about the Willie Lynch letter. That's something that Essence has been waiting to get into. And it is a very interesting letter and a very controversial letter. And if you're watching this and you've never heard of the Willie Lynch letter, I encourage you to Google it. You can find videos of people reading the letter. You can find written manuscripts. It's it's definitely very informative and it's definitely a part of American history. So with that in mind, I'll say, how should we proceed? Essence, would you like to start us out with whatever you want to say about the Willie Lynch letter?
1: Um, Well, I would like to say that I actually discovered it. um, I stumbled upon it. But I'm always looking for new newfound knowledge, something to learn. Every day I try to learn something different. And I actually stumbled upon it um, on YouTube, uh, the Willie Lynch letter, How to Make a Slave. And when I actually, when I first listened to it, I was actually in tears because every single aspect of it, you can actually see the results of it in today's uh, African-American community. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So what do you think, Michael?
3: Well, I mean, I I agree with Essence 100% because, uh, you know, I've heard about it years ago and, you know, a lot of this, what we learn as adults, you know, we're not learning in school when we was growing up. So, um, so I had to take, take a little, uh, a real, a real hard look at it. And like I said, it was, it, we were living through the end results of that letter. And um, it, 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 I mean, who, I mean the, 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 the guy who came up with that letter, the plan for us to be broken down uh, to for be for us to be submissive for us to be dependent instead of independent, um, the really solidify us as slaves. And I believe uh, what we're going through right now is a modernization for another 300 years. If we do not step up and make uh, some really hard choices and 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 uh, enforce some hard changes. Um, Free right now, supposedly. I mean, not supposedly. We are more free right now than we when, when we were when we were still slaves, or right after we got through su- supposedly being uh, not slaves anymore. So, from from the letter, it was a discussion, the display of uh, the worst of humanity. Um, and if America is supposed to be about the home of the brave, land of the free, home of the brave, and all that and the Constitution to meant for all of us. I don't think for the country alone, but for the world. And if we're not meeting that guideline and everything else will fall by the wayside. And, um, but I believe there, there's there a light at the end of the tunnel that keeps traveling forward, coming together. Uh, but uh, we, have to, we have to reject what that letter represents and that the continuous fight to prove that what that individual uh, tried to prove so far right now the end results, just like uh, Essence, that said uh, that we are living the end results. We got to prove that we may be, but we can overcome it, as long as we can come together.
0: Yeah. When?
1: Um, I I'm sorry, I don't need to cut anybody off, but uh, Michael, I just I I kind of disagree with you. Um, I believe that we are more slaves now in African American. Oh yeah, I agree. I believe that we are more I agree. I agree. slaves I agree. I agree. now than we were when we were actually in slavery. Because right now, uh, because of the, 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 the letter, because of the instruction that will follow to a T, mm. and we are turning on that access, that access, mm. excuse me. And um, it is scary to me that we have been under so much psychological warfare. For hundreds of years and had no idea
3: that was a plan overall and i agree with you 100 with that and I, I wasn't trying to sound like we're right now we're not enslaved we are we i did say we're modernized they modernized it i'm just saying we still have more freedoms to try to reach out and try to make a change more so than back then you know what i'm saying we had to they had to work hard to even get the freedom that they supposedly got but I'm just saying we have a little bit, it's still hard for us, for our generation, but uh, we came a long way, reached out from from that point of view, from that starting point uh, for freedom to lead them. To, now to, the fight is continuous, uh, but we're still enslaved. I mean, but we still got to fight. It doesn't really matter if we're enslaved more now than before or whatever. We still got to take the fight to them. Okay,
0: Quinn.
2: It's funny, I, I, I've I heard about the letter for about 25, 26 years. Um, I actually have the um, letter in a book form. And lately in the last 10 or 15 years, the letter kind of has been debunked as a myth, um, which is interesting because for three of your panelists on the show that are African-American, um, even though, it has been debunked by three historians. I think three African Americans on your panelists can say that everything in that letter we've witnessed in our own communities, um, which is kind of scary. And when you're dealing with um, a government that was not for us in the beginning, may, and may, and you know, it's always a question of whether they're for us now. You, we have to realize that let's not just minimize slave owners as just these owners of of land. Um, We're talking about some of the most manipulative people of the human race. When you're talking about deception, uh, psychology, sociology. So let's just take, let's just say the letter isn't authentic. Like I said, for three African-Americans on your panel, we have seen, the sexism in our community. We have seen the colorism in our community. We have seen the lack of respect for the old and the new and the young. We have literally seen um, everything in that letter to be true. So for an African-American, it would be very hard for them to believe that, um, it would be very hard for them to believe that the debunking of the letter was done thoroughly. I don't think that most African-Americans that are using some type of uh, critical thinking will say, oh, this letter is not true because of what the content say and how it has continuously affected our community. So I think that one of the issues in in the discussion is like, when we look at how people plan and plot and make these um, decisions based for our lives, back then up until now, like and I think Michael was going to it, how it's not really, it may appear to be more of a colorism thing, but really it's more like a classism thing. I believe it's more like a classism thing now. It's more like the rich and the poor, or the haves and the have-nots. Yeah, As most people would say, the elite, and how they have us fighting over crumbs, how they have us fighting over the race issue, the feminism issue, the colorism issue, and... um. One of the biggest things is that they those powers that be would hate to see us unifying because we know the difference between right and wrong. Yeah. Whether you're black, white, or whatever. If you're gonna stand on truth, you're gonna stand up with whoever's standing up on truth. And I think that, that would probably be the um the issue. But this letter, like I said. I don't want to reiterate, keep going back and forth with the same issue, because the the topic of your show is the letter, but I think that, like I said, this letter, let's just say it didn't, it wasn't true. Whoever designed it, whoever thought of it, they had a very diabolical mind and you had to really be thinking with a lot of um, fortitude, a lot of knowledge of the African American people that type of letter did not come from someone who would just be an owner of a plantation. Whoever came up with that letter, whether it's myth or whatever, it's very intelligent. They know sociology. They know psychology. They know people. They know how we react because one of the things that I always try to um, come across because race is such a major issue now and race is a clickbait type of thing. Um, whether you believe race is a social construct in America or not, outside of America, yes, it is different races, but outside of America, it's really tribes and tribalism. So it's very hard for us to understand that because we've been conditioned to think oh, it's black, white, Latino, mm-hmm. Asian, or whatever. But when you're dealing in a world scale, you're dealing with tribes. And I think if we were to get to understand that, we would understand why those slaves were sold off because they were from a specific tribe. I don't think people realize, oh, they just sold us. Our people sold us, you know, we were at the point of no return. They kicked us, it's a, it's a little bit of tribalism in there. so. With that, you know, I know the discussion is the letter, so, you know, I don't want to go too far into it and, you know, have this discussion.
0: So does it even matter if it's legitimate or not? I mean, like you said, it's clearly something that did, that psychology was used and that strategy and it's still being used, so does it really matter if the letter, if there really was a Willie Lynch or not? Does that matter?
2: I think, I think, I think one of the things that, um, Stephen, you're a little, you're a little older than us three. I think one of the things for uh, myself, Michael, in, in essence, as African Americans, is that the civil rights movement for us, we kind of didn't get the message, sort of say, and what I mean by that is, we were told what the civil rights movement was about. Instead of, instead of like a lot of things being passed out, for example, it may, be, it may be 10 people that we know about in the civil rights movement, but it was thousands of people, people mm-hmm. that are still living. Me and you discussed it before, Steve. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of them still alive today that will really tell you how the message from the civil rights movement kind of got derailed. And what I mean by that is that we're still literally fighting for the same exact thing. So, with what I'm saying, how it ties in with this letter, when this letter um, allegedly appeared, what was done was um Dave uh, Hoover he was very concerned about any outside influences affecting the republic, and he was he was very um cautious and overly paranoid of the black people in america getting ideas from the outside world far as russia china becoming socialist um basically attacking what he considered the democracy so one of the things that they realized in the 60s were one of the best ways to destroy the civil rights movement was to destroy the black family and this is when this letter kind of like appeared. Yeah. So, with destroying the black family, pitting us against each other, um, you know, for I'm, I'm not trying to preach no politics, nobody. But the welfare system was the worst thing that ever happened for the black community because it made the woman have to kick the man out. Now, the man might have couldn't find a job or whatever, whatever circumstances he might have didn't go to Vietnam or came back from Nam and was hurt or or whatever. In order for her to receive benefits for their children, he had to go.
0: I never thought of that. Not
2: so ever. now he got demasculated. Yeah. He was no longer a man. Yeah. A man. He just was a male. Yeah. And um, yeah. I think that I think the more that we understand what Hoover did and what Hoover was about and how he investigated all of these American citizens that he thought would destroy the Republic, he was set out to destroy them. And even we go back to um, the, the metaphor that he used for Fred Hampton, he will not let a black Messiah rise. And even some people believe that this thing goes on today within the CIA and the FBI. So if we can understand the tactics that was done during Pro and with this letter, Kind of all makes sense.
0: Yeah. What does this tell us about humanity in general, do you
1: think? In essence? Um, I believe that uh, it, it doesn't look good for humanity collectively to sit there for, for one race to target another race so wholly. Um it is is, is is scary to me that people like this actually existed before and they still exist. Mm-hmm. Um Quentin was absolutely correct. Uh, I like the, the the go back to that um, when he was talking about welfare and how they they took the black man out of the household. Uh, they literally that was the start of hitting the black man and the black woman against each other the black woman does not respect the black man anymore I mean I'm talking right now it is it is sad the black woman does not know how to be the black man's peace All of that is designed to 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 keep us you know, separate and it is it, scary to me because why did we as black people pose such a threat? And why do we pose such a threat even to this day? that they are still continuing with these tactics? Uh, I was told a long time ago that whoever controls the media controls the world. The The images that they put out there constantly about the black woman or the black man, you never see anything, no positive images of us ever too funny did anything ratchet oh yeah you're going to see that a thousand times over but anything positive you you never see that they are controlling everything even now
0: yeah. do you think this letter should be spread around nowadays do you think it would help our society do you think it would be hurt our society what what do you think if it were really common knowledge would that be good or bad
1: it is common knowledge you think it is it is it is it, out there for us but because they started putting the narratives out there that is not real it it makes people think otherwise and so it, it's out there it just I don't know. People, a lot of people tend to, to hear things and then not want to hear things. Mm -hmm. I don't know if, if, if some people are just not ready to totally, I guess, understand what we were subjected to. I guess people don't want to really believe the truth, if that makes sense.
0: Well, you know, I mean, I know that information has been available for a long time, but I, I don't think a lot of people, I think most people have never heard of it. I went through 12 years of school. I went through college. I went, I went, got a doctorate degree and i would never heard this letter until Essence, you mentioned it.
1: No, it's, it's not, um, it's not taught in the schools.
2: Yeah. one of It's the, not. One of the things, um, excuse me, you want me to cut you guys off. It was a quote in uh, the movie Great Debaters that I love to say when, when I mentioned it, these discussions are about, and he said, to be born without record is to be not born at all. Um, one of the issues that a, a African-American face, and I'll just say a Native Black American, because I know the African-American word bothers some people, is we have a major, for us, Steve, we have a major identity crisis. Um. You know, a person like Michael, myself, in essence, when we track our lineage back, we can, most of us can track our lineage back to probably five or six generations. However, because of slavery, it kind of shaped um, our traditions um, when it comes to how we deal with things emotionally, spiritually, physically. And I think that we're we're always evolving. So the information may be there, but it's like wow. Like for example, um, last week when we discussed feminism, right? If a person did, if a female did not do history on the feminism and the surrogate the uh, suffrage movement, she would say, "Oh, I'm all right. I'm down with that. I agree. Like you know, I'm fighting for my independence." But once you say that and then you start believing in the ideology if you don't understand the ideology came from a racist perspective it will destroy not only your way of thinking but how you will deal with your kids and how you will deal with your meat and this is some of the things that um if we study slavery in other countries They never lost, the slaves never lost their lineage. They never lost their name. They never lost who they were as a place of origin. The difference between them and the chattel slavery in America is they were robbed of everything. They were robbed of even where they were from. I'm quite sure if the people that believe in the DNA thing, some of us may say, some of us may got traces from East Africa. Now that would sound unheard of be like how do i got east africa in me because we were taught most of us were taught that slaves were on the western part of africa but it just goes to show that because we are descendants of slaves a lot of what would be common knowledge information off the top of our hand and food even our diet even our diet and our bodies our diet and our bodies were not made to withstand eating food in a cold climate it sounds crazy but our bodies are not used to eating this type of food this is why we lead in obesity high blood pressure heart disease because we were some people and for example if you look at corn <laughs> which is in everything that we eat it does nothing nutrition just <laughs> The whatsoever. It should basically just be used for fuel. So I don't want to take away from your question, Steve, but I think that a lot of times we as descendants of slaves, we don't really understand how robbed we were, sort of say, in learning our identity and learning who we are. I mean, even though Michael, I never forget a couple of shows ago. He was explaining who that he was a descendant of Robert Lee. He should be proud of that. I mean, and Not nobody should feel like oh he he's he's upset about that. But but I'm just saying like know. to be That's able to saying. find I, your I, lineage is something to be proud
3: of. I'm cool. I'm cool with with Robert E. Lee because it shows where you know my message about running the president, uniting people, and I have a unique connection to the followers of Robert E. Lee and the Confederacy and all that and showing as a black man what I'm trying to do and especially when my life was threatened because of the same system of what we're talking about because of the letter how it started off. Yeah all right just wanted to give you a thumbs up on that.
0: Let me ask you this I mean
2: I wasn't trying to take away from your question Steve I apologize.
0: Okay uh, something that I felt when I was reading this letter and listening to the audio I mean, I'm not gonna minimize what it did to the black people. I know that's how they <clears> But can you see that it's also to an extent that same psychology has been used by the rich and powerful against everybody in our country? Can you see that also?
3: Wait, wait, wait. I I I, I wanna say this because I mentioned this earlier. Um, you know, I did realize today this was the, uh, the the topic of discussion. I mean, I re- you already told me last week, uh, in Essence, I brought it up, but uh, uh, that, the last few days, I just kind of like really thought about it. And then yesterday, uh, I'm not sorry, uh, early today, I thought about like, they said about a letter about how to make a slave out of the black man, right? There got to be a secret letter about how to make a slave out of the white man about mentally trying to fool every white person about how black people, Mexicans, Arabs, everybody else is different. The other problem, why the earth is what it is, why our country is what it is. And they've been playing that same methodical game plan, not just for black people, but for white people as well. Mm -hmm. So I I just thought I wanted to add that. I thought about that as well too. Should be a letter for that.
0: Yeah. I mean, they're still disturbing us. They're still making pitting us against one another, whether it's black, white, men against women, Republicans against Democrats, whatever. They use that same strategy to get everybody against each other. So we look to them, and you mentioned you're still slaves. Well, all the people that are not property owners and people that are not owners of industries, you know, we work for them. And they pay us enough to live on, but we have to keep working in order to live. Barely, right? Barely, barely. live. That's it.
3: Barely live.
0: So, in a sense, barely. now I'm not saying I'm, I'm not saying I'm in the same boat as you folks. But I'm just saying, yeah, no. to an extent, they use that same psychology against everyone. Do you see what I'm saying?
1: They do, but it's not. Uh, to the extent that wow. it is that it affects um, wow. black people, um, you can see it manifest and especially in black women, black women suffer from low self-esteem. Um, and it is because of the, them pitting us against each other, the the team light skin, the team dark skin, the tall, the short, the the, the, the big, the small, it is it manifested completely within Black women. And it is, um, is bad. It is really bad. Steve,
2: I can, I can tell you a phrase I can say the essence. Right now, which most Black women may take as a compliment, but it really is an insult. And she's heard this phrase all her life. She's a strong Black woman.
1: Yes.
2: That's an insult yes That's it is an a, it's an insult it's an insult because because of what she black women have been through since slavery to be strong um <laughs> to uh endure what they went through for, for during the medical apartheid and understanding what they went through with the whole gynecologist industry um when black women have pregnancies and they sit there in pain, the doctors won't give pain medication based off of the black, the strong black women theory. Um, it, it 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 really makes you think. Like I said, you we're dealing with real sick people that have this ideology that take on this ideology of control and how they have. I mean, race when you, when you sit back and think about it. Race should not even be a trigger issue anymore. We should, you would feel like after all these years, we're, we're beyond that, but that's like the go-to move. When everything else isn't working, let's throw some race out there yeah. um, and how a lot of us fall yeah. for um, the monkey in the tailpipe. Um, I just want to tie it in. Just, just look at what our president Biden said. He said that George Floyd dying may have been the bigger than Martin Luther King
3: being killed.
2: What?
0: Really? No. Repeat,
3: repeat repeat that repeat that again. George, wait a George Floyd
2: dying may have been the bigger than Martin Luther King being killed. Who like this this is what the not and I'm not wow. saying that wow. anything against him.
1: It's in Bible
2: but this is the ideology, oh, that hell, they he have signed is a ninety four
3: crime bill. He signed a ninety four crime bill that pretty much allowed police officers to do what they've been doing, leading up to George Floyd. And then yeah. sitting there talking about getting sympathy from George George Floyd's family talking about thank you, Mr. President, for showing sure, care and concern about my 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 son or my brother or my uncle or whatever. And you're the one signed the damn bill in ninety four that because led all the way all right, come on. It, Come and it, on, go, it
2: goes back to what I'm saying, that when all else fails, let's throw the race out there and they'll, they'll just fight like a bunch of people. Like like, but like They like want to
3: play like we're stupid and we're going to forget because we go through so much of our problems and we're so much at, our, at each other's throats and we're so disagreeable about policies or about color, just like you said. But And, 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 and we have to... They're going to continue... They're going to continue to use confusion, delusionment, lies, fear, and possibly try to kill somebody in order to keep the power and and, and everything going for them. While we're sitting there dying, figuring out about this COVID, figuring out, should we go back to work fully or not? Even vaccinated people, they know the whole deal. They know the whole deal. But they're not going to tell us because they got a hidden agenda. Now, here's my, here's my solution to the whole problem. Whites, Blacks, Puerto Ricans, Asians, everyone who loves freedom, everyone who believes in that our children are the future, then how definitely we got to leave something better for our children than our parents left us? And we're at a moment in the crossroads here in American history where we know the truth is Black people. We may not see it in the streets of Chicago where we're killing each other and other places because of crime and everything like that. But deep down, if we had somebody to give us that spark to speak the truth to bring and waken the American spirit, I guarantee you things will turn around. That's the only way we can defeat and overcome the status quo. Now, Joe Biden looks like to me he's part of it. because of my, my story. What's going on with me. If he was truly for black people, if he was truly about bringing people together, why is he still kind of connected to the old, same old, same up. Why did the Democratic party choose the same old, same old when the people wanted somebody new? No, vote. Yeah. I, I it, The system is still the system. They can paint it with, with a different face or whatever, but it's the same person. It's the same idea. Yeah. You say different parties with the same bullcrap. So, I and mean, overall, we're going to have to come together, whites blacks, all of us.
0: Coming up. We watched it evolve as we talked about reconstruction and you know the Jim Crow laws and everything. I mean, we've seen it just evolve, the language changes from generation to generation, <clears throat> but it stays the same, right? It stays uh, the same.
2: I, b- I believe if you were if you were not told that the North won the war, I don't think that's believable. Because <laughs> I hate to say it, usually usually if you if you read any history on battles and wars or whatever, they're usually the winner usually can tell the history. It's like the North They hid the history. And it's like, why would, why would, would you hidden? hide the history if you won? Why would they do that? I I think I think that um my my view about the Civil War is that. They'll try to say it was over race, and I think race was like probably fifth or sixth on the list. It was for basically Sorry. the control the control of the the okay. control of the union yes um with with the, see the thing is that our country plays the game with immigration whenever they know that the dissenting view is rising, what they'll do is they'll Open the floodgate for immigrants who believes in American American values, and they'll think that the dissenting voice are the bad people. When this country started on dissension, dissension sh- should be the core in the fabric of the country. We should never uh, turn our back on a dissenting voice. They have a voice, but what this country does is a dissenting voice is always considered the enemy, and then you'll bring in immigrants. No matter what race they are, who love America for what they think America is. And then they'll come in and they'll, they'll try to make them more American than <laughs> the descending boys. So it's like a never ending yeah. cycle. Because even during the early 1900s, you know, as a kid living up in, in from North Jersey, I went to Ellis Island. <coughs> and you actually can visualize how the floodgates of um, a lot of the Polish, a lot of, the, of Italians, the Irish, a lot of the Irish were already here, Norwegians, how they came in and they actually were more American than the people that were already here. It's it's a weird thing. It's 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 something that really what do you this mean? country to be not as What do you mean by that? Because be, because <laughs> if you if you look at the Italian-American, for example, the Italian-American up until the early 1900s was not even considered white. They just were considered white recently. They were considered basically the, the, the N-word. If you look at this book called Race by Law, you know this is why most people th- feel like race is a social construct. Because if you weren't considered a hundred percent Anglo-Saxon, you were not considered white in yeah. America. Even the Irish, the Irish Americans, were not considered a hundred percent white. <laughs> and you, and if you look at the structure of the country, like where I live at now in Pennsylvania, you got um, Polish, a lot of um, Russians, and um, a lot of different immigrants. They were placed. In certain regions in the country strategically,
0: yeah
2: when they came through Ellis Island, oh we're going to put you here like in like in Dearborn Michigan Dearborn, Michigan has the biggest Arab uh immigration area in the country, and the reason why is because during the Iraq Iran war the United States opened up the floodgates and they basically started communities with immigrants. It's an interesting thing what this country does yeah.
0: Um, yeah, I, I have a question about totally that real quick. What, is supposed to,
1: what they're saying it is. It's just totally opposite. Um, what you were just speaking of, is that the mm-hmm. one drop rule? Okay.
2: Mm-hmm. It's a very interesting book called Race by Law. I mean, it's interesting. And if you ever talked to any, and this is why it was so significant when President Kennedy became the president. He was the first irish catholic president it's a yep. big thing it's a big thing when he became the president because yeah. irish people were not considered <laughs> white but we've we've you know we think we've evolved so now it's like oh it's white and black no 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 i remember when i was I a think kid when uh, john kennedy
0: was we elected that. president my dad, he really went off on the tirade. He said, I don't know which is worse, whether he's a Democrat or whether he's a Catholic. (laughs) But he wasn't happy. (laughs) Uh,
2: And when and when when you sit back and think about that, it's like, you know, it makes you really think. Times may appear to change, but it all falls into what the powers that be, what they have planned and how they plan, um, even goes back to, you know, I'm a big reader, you guys, so you'll hear me quote books a lot, even goes back to how the banking industry created what it's created now on Jekyll Island. Like, it's it's amazing. It, it, it'll make you be like, how'd this happen? But it happens for a reason. Powers that be, and, yeah. and they make decisions on, li- on our lives 30, 40 years ago that are, yeah. that are affecting us now.
0: Yeah, you mentioned Jekyll Island. That's also something that most people don't know about. That's a very interesting story right there. And it also goes to show about the diabolical psychology that goes into controlling people. I mean, that was the rich and powerful people planning everything out, planning the way that it's going to make the, their banking system that they owned, Take over everything and they've done a good job of it. I mean, they run the world. Yeah. So, yeah. It's I don't know if it's gonna get any better. I wish I could say it. Um,
2: and this is this is why you hear most people, um historians are saying about a great reset, because they a lot of people are predicting that we're being reset from. Mm-hmm a lot of the things that was instituted in 1913 with the Jekyll island thing and um the institute of social security the irs so many things happened in 1913 and to 1921 where the country was broke after slavery the country was broke they did not have free labors no more and you might have had some people share cropping but the country was in major trouble so they had to do certain things in order to make money and you know um, come up with the Fed, which is not part of our government you know so right. I think that the construction of race and all this stuff it all ties together.
0: That's why most people I think misunderstand that because the word federal is in the Federal Reserve, they think it's the government but it's really a private bank owned by a bunch of billionaires. I mean that's what it is. Has absolutely nothing to do with being part of the government. I remember they tell the government what to do. So that's the that's the big diabolical right. part right there. They got the billionaires and the politicians in cahoots together teaming up against everybody else. The whole divide and conquer thing.
3: And 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 I don't want to interrupt. I just want to say one thing pertaining to that with the Fed. Now, I think uh, before the Fed was created, uh, Thomas Jefferson was president and, and uh, he already saw the bankers was trying to get into politics and got their hands already into politics. And he was going to restrict their charter, the bank charter, for like 20 years if they continue on the threat of trying to gain more power through uh, within government. And he was right, leading up to now. So what uh, Quentin and what you, Steve, have said said uh, it pretty much is the end result of what Jefferson has spoken about before.
0: Yeah,
2: it, it it's funny because um, the, the some of the rhetoric that the, the former president used um was I think he got he he woke up a sleeping giant. What I mean by that is some of the rhetoric he, the rhetoric he used was like, oh, this guy's against. The establishment. Um, he's against the lobbyist. But unfortunately, our government <laughs> is not the government of yesteryear. This government is all corporations, all lobbyists. Follow as they say, follow the money.
3: Follow the money. You
0: don't have to go too far to see it.
3: Money, 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 money. Yeah.
0: Well, it's been an interesting conversation. You
3: really do and, and we have to change from we have to change from that. No. I was gonna say one more thing, Steve. But we have to change from that because if we keep continuing to go the route right, we go in, we're going, we're gonna fall. We're gonna falter, we're gonna fall, we're gonna dissolve into nothing. And the world's gonna fall behind that. Because um we represent what the constitution represents is not <clears throat> the, the constitution repre- the constitution represents something. That was beyond its time, even though it was slavery and you know the world was 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 in turmoil at the time. Even though right now we're still going through hell on earth, but this living document uh, entails what we could be. When it says to make in more perfect, continuation of trying to make it happen it gives us the room and the aptitude to do so, but you got to have the will, and the combination of different ideas and people without being afraid of one another, as the current system has been allowing us to, to do. And we have to grow from that. And but we have the right, have the right leadership. Joe Biden is not the one. That's why I've uh, you know, not formally but I've, you know, been putting out there like testing the waters that I am going to run. And only because that I'm outside of the framework. I'm one of you. Uh, I care about the same things you care about. And uh, we need a real 180 here in America, or we're not going
0: to be. Yeah. Well, I think we've had a good discussion. I hope people watching have learned some things. And I do encourage anybody, like I said before, if you don't know what the Willie Lynch letter is, Google it. Do you need to hear this, read it? It's, a big part of our history it tells about the diabolical scheme, while how the rich white landowners controlled and dominated the slaves, brutalized, and it just—it's horrible. But we can see it all really happen just that way. And I am glad that I can have this conversation with you folks. I really do, because. I wish there would be more conversations like this. And so many people put up the walls, you know. that We got a two side well. It's that's white folks against the black folks, and See, the thing, vice versa. It's,
2: Steve, Steve, the thing is that, um, like I, like I said, they, 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 they don't want to talk about the history of slavery too much. They'll tell you just enough. They'll tell all of us just enough. If you go back into um, people like um michael brought up thomas jefferson i just use him for example and him being a slave owner you know some of the things that he did to his slaves and some of the things that he did to his family because some of the slaves were his family um i don't think it speaks about everybody to the extent that it wasn't um it was a lot of slave owners uh direct descendants that that was not with the slavery thing. Um, so I think that though you do try to make a better a, a change for good, I think one of the things that one of the things that we do is you got to still tell these stories. You got to still uh, explain to people what happened, why it happened, and what happened after. Because what happened after, I mean, we discussed it a couple podcasts ago, I think what happened after might be even worse. Um, what happened with the Freedmen Bank and how that led to um, all the Freedmen losing their money and that led to what we consider the FDIC now and, and, um, and so forth in the banking industry and redlining and, you know, the access to GI bills from troops and, you know, because I don't think most white people really understand that there were black people. Christopher Addicts was the first person killed during the Revolutionary War. He was a black man, and I don't think people know that. Most people say, was he a slave then, or was he already freed? I don't I don't know if that matters, but I think that if most person killed during the Revolutionary War was a black man. I think they would, like I said, I think... Our history is dark. It's like the black eye that nobody wants to look at. Just put glasses on. Turn your head to the right. <laughs> no, it's there. Look at it. Let it heal. Put a stake on it. Let the steak suck the blood out of it. So, you know, I don't mean to take away from the Willie Lynch theory, but you're right. Even in the even in the text of the um the letter, it speaks about the diabolical stuff, the the mind, the mindset. All the way up to um, the tyrant Hitler, what our country did with his uh, scientists. We didn't lock his scientists up. We kind of studied these people and used their tactics.
3: We brought them over here. Yeah. Yeah. We brought them over here. We brought their families over here. They was kumbaya. What the hell? Why the hell? You see the people out there? Waving the flags because they have been breaded. They've been they've been seated here from the very beginning. I mean, yeah,
2: it's kind of kind of crazy, right?
0: Yeah. Well,
2: yeah.
0: Quentin, what should we talk about next week, brother? I'll let you decide this time, and we'll let Michael decide next time.
2: i don't know i don't know if steve well, you Rome... can think
0: about it you can let me know in a day or two if you want okay
2: okay definitely definitely
0: well thanks again i love you i appreciate it very much it's always a pleasure and we will see you again next week and folks be sure to check out quentin's podcast let's talk check out essence's podcast deceptively unique and when it comes time to vote for president again, Michael Landingham would like to have your vote. Right. Yeah, I need
2: to. I need to link to your podcast, Essence. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, Steve. If you don't mind, I just want to tell you something. Yes. I'm doing in the next couple of weeks. I'm doing a, um, a panel show on the medical apartheid and women. Um, it's going to be a bunch of women on there. I'll be the only man, and um, just basically talk about the history of. The gynecologist. What um, was done? Um, we probably will get into Margaret Singer. So I don't know if you know a lot about her, which you should, and um, Planned Parenthood and what. Because a lot of people feel like Planned Parenthood has been good. I have my personal opinion about Planned Parenthood. So you you can definitely come with what you feel about Planned Parenthood. And you
1: know. oh, I, I really
2: don't want to talk about. So we're gonna have a very interesting show in a couple weeks on that
1: well i will make sure that you get my link i did want to say before we close out that in uh researching the willie lynch letter and how to make a slave there were a couple of things that um i am going to be addressing i have a new series that's going to be, um, be airing on my podcast called conspiracies the essence um real quick 1712 was when the letter came out. They said that everything was going to be spinning on the axis for 300 years. 300 years later was 2012, also the year of the Mayan prediction. So I'm going to be covering that. I got to do some more research. I'm learning. Like It's, it's conspiracy, but it's got to be a correlation.
2: I'll just say this. I'll leave you with this. Do you know where the word conspiracy came from?
1: I do not. It came from the FBI.
0: Oh, okay. Is
2: that true
3: or is that a conspiracy? That's true. Now, I have a question about that. (laughs) I have a question about that, Quinn. Now, you you might be right about that. My memory served me correct, but was that started off during the Roswell incident?
2: Yeah. They tried what it is that they said, conspiracy, trying to debunk debunk what people really witnessed. I mean, hey, Steve, so here Steve, you're a little older than us. Even to take it a step further, I can imagine all these years they told people about Roswell and all this stuff, but now we're, we're they're admitting to some unidentified flying
3: objects? Just
2: put it mm-hmm. like that. So, so U-A-P, I just say that that
3: it's called, called UAPs. Yeah. So UFOs, <laughs> UAPs. So, so with the word the conspiracy,
2: difference. when you when you sit back and um you know, a lot of people like to say, oh, conspiracies are
0: debunked. I don't know about that. It's a big conspiracy. <laughs> town, <isn't> it? <laughs> I don't know. If you can,
2: I, <laughs> Hey, listen, all I can say, Essence, um, I wish you a lot of um, luck. Um, luck in the way of when you go down that road of studying, getting information and getting things to collaborate. It'll take you on a journey. Um, It's gonna be fun. Um, I'm I'm here if if you need any help with anything. I'm an avid reader. I've I've read over 500 books alone that I can count off hand. I'm a big reader. I actually used to sleep with books. I probably, I sleep with my tablet now. Um, I say that to say that when you can put pieces together, that's all it is is putting a puzzle together and you understand for example the 60s were key 1960 to 1969 this country
0: remember it it was rough
2: yeah,
0: yeah. it was rough yeah seems like every time you get on and why that bedtime, war? Why? some kind of a riot going on on a college campus
2: just look at the war, just look at the wars. I don't think that we have ever fought a war that did not have other meanings. Every war was for purposes outside of defending ourselves or defending our, it was always defending our interest because um,
0: you'll see. The interest of the rich and famous yeah yeah anyway thanks again folks and i will tell you good night and thanks everyone for tuning in to conversations about america please continue to watch and you just might learn something every week i
1: do
2: good night folks thank you steve appreciate everything good night everyone
1: you too night.